This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, go with me to the book of James, chapter number 4. James chapter 4. Now, have you ever noticed that in the kingdom of God, it, it seems like everything is opposite? And what I mean by opposite there, that instead of hating, the Bible says to love. Instead of getting even, the Bible says forgive. Instead of holding on to your wealth, the Bible says give. And instead of, of forgiving or holding on to things and getting mad, the Bible tells us to release it, forgive people. And so it's incredible to me at times how the Bible portrays things. Now, uh, just during praise and worship, when they sang the song, Break Every Change, I'm telling you, God changed everything up within me tonight. So I believe he's going to orchestrate this really, really sweet. So begin with me in James 4, verse 8. What an invitation here. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Now, think about that right here. God gives me, and he says, listen, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. And so many times people have the thought, well, God's just going to yank you by the collar and pull you into church. God's not going to do that. But when I have a desire to start seeking God and serving God, and, and a desire to get into his word, that's ways that we draw near to God. God said, I'll draw near to you. Back to verse 8. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, it's interesting the wording there with double-minded. The, the word double-minded there is a human being that tries to hold on to the things of God in this hand, but he tries to hold on to the world in this hand. And we realize that we can't do that. There's, there's a pull. It's like there's a tug of war that's going on for our time, for our hearts. And this is what he's saying. Repent, you sinners, and cleanse your hands, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Now, when you see those words right there, they have to do with, with sorrow. Be sorrowful for the things you've done. He said, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. And so when he talks about this, there, there is a conviction from the Holy Spirit. Do you know the job of the Holy Spirit, according to, to John uh, 16, is to convict me and you of sin. One of the better ways, instead of convict, it's the word convince. He convinces me and you that we're sinners and we need a Savior. So oftentimes when you hear the Word of God that begins to be preached, the Holy Spirit will begin to convict your heart about things in your life. That's a good thing. You may say, oh, I don't like that when that happens. I had a lady who quit coming to church here, and we asked her, why did you quit coming to church there? And she said, every time I go to church there, I get convicted. And I want to say, well, is there something wrong with that? That's a good thing. It leads us to repentance. Verse number 10. Humble yourself in the, in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. Now, really get a hold of that. When you talk about this, you want God to lift you up. How did he say to do that? You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And so when you talk about humbling yourself, it's a person that say, I got to have you, Lord. 
I don't understand everything in this life. And so part of humility is asking God, help me, Father God. I need you to come in inside me. See, remember that in, in 1 Peter 5, really starting in verse 5, it says, God resists the proud, the arrogant, the haughty. Now, think about that. God will resist one that's prideful, one that says, I don't need God. I'm smart. You know, the, the guy who owned TNT, uh, Ted Turner, he made comments about that. I don't need anyone to save me. I can save myself. Woo, that is a, a heart that is full of arrogance and pride. But in, in 1 Peter 5, he says, he gives grace and mercy to the humble. I don't know about you, I lean to grace and mercy. I thank God that I can come before him and say, Lord, I need you. You know, I think about people at times that don't know the Lord. There's very difficult days in this world, even as a Christian. I think I got God to lean on those days. I can't imagine doing life without God. And so part of this comes to a thing called humility, all right? Now, go with me to the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter number 4. And this is where I'm going to change everything up on you. I, I think God wants to, to touch some hearts in here. I know he does. And so in, in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 4, actually 1 Chronicles, the first nine chapters are what we call genealogies or family trees. So the first nine chapters of First Chronicles, it has 500 different names. And it'll say, Bob begot Sally and Sally will begot Jack and Jack will begot. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. And man, you start getting tired and you look and think, what's the sense of reading it? So in the book of First Chronicles chapter 4, you start in there, and it was the, the tribe of Judah. Now, remember in Israel, there were 12 tribes, the 12 sons of Jacob. So Judah was one of the tribes. So in First Chronicles 4, it starts listing the bloodline of Judah. And 44 names into it, it comes to a guy named Jabez. Now, I want you to pick up with me here, First Chronicles 4, verse 9. Now, listen to this. It says, now, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And when you look at the word more honorable, that, that doesn't mean that he was better than his brothers. When you see the word honorable, it said that he made some choices. I believe some of the choices with this guy named Jabez is he chose to, to draw near to God. He chose to walk in humility. Another thing that I believe that separated Jabez from his brothers, that the Bible would call him more honorable, was he did not compromise. And what I mean by compromise, and many times in my life and your lives, when we try to hang on to God in this hand, but we try to hang on to the world in this hand, we've become compromisers. Have we ever compromised? I have. Man, I don't want to compromise. Think about this. I, I want to live for God with all my heart. That doesn't mean perfect. Again, the only person that was ever perfect was Jesus, and he was crucified for it again. Okay? But something happens when I say, Lord, help me. I, I don't want to compromise the things of the kingdom of God. And in order to do that, you're going to have to learn to obey, and you're going to have to learn to live a disciplined life to say, I'm going to live for God. 
And so when we see this about this guy named Jabez, this gives us a little insight about him. So it goes on to say, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name or named him Jabez saying, because I bore him in pain. Now the name Jabez means pain, it means sorrow maker. The literal translation of that, it it means he will cause pain. Now understand this in the Jewish customs that when they named a child, man, there was significance in it. They didn't name people names just because it sounded cool. They named them because it's significant. So this mother names him Jabez. And so when you say the name Jabez, every time they'd say, hey, Jabez, it's time to eat. You know what they were saying? Hey, you who cause pain, it's time to eat. Now how would you like to go through life that's your name. Hey, you who caused pain. Come on. You... And so this is what happened. Now when you look into this, every one of us in this room have had names that have been spoken toward us. And a lot of times those names have been negative. Stuff like, stupid. You're an idiot. You're no good. You'll never amount to nothing. And you can go back to the old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Now, whoever said that, man, they were a messed up soul. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will break my heart. And so here's this guy named Jabez who goes into life, and this is what was spoken about him. And you know, the, the number one reason it says that children fail is because of the words that are spoken over them in their home or in their life. Just briefly here, think about some of the things that would said to you. That's the bad news. You know what the good news is? Jesus will give us a new name. Jesus will wash us in the blood. Jesus will cause us to... To go far beyond the things that were spoken. But one of the keys to that is I've got to start learning. Not only to see what the Bible says I am. But start saying it over myself. I start saying what God says about me. You know what God says about me? I am the righteousness of God in Christ. But pastor I don't feel like I'm righteous. Well probably none of us do in here. But I believe I'm righteous. Just because it says in, in uh, 2 Corinthians five seventeen through 21. I've been justified by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He said that I overcome by the blood of Jesus. And so I've got to get to the place in my life where I find out what the word of God says. And I begin to say that about myself. I want to give you a thought here. A man named Gideon in Judges. This angel goes to him and he's working one day. And the angel goes, Psst, hey, hey, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon looks around and says, you got the wrong man. You got the wrong house. I'm not the mighty man of valor. Actually, you know what he says later in that passage? I believe it's Judges 6. He said, I'm the weakest. I'm the least in my father's house. But God said, you're a mighty man of valor. And I don't believe he just spoke that to him. I believe he speaks that to every one of us in this room. 
That if God says I'm a mighty man of valor, then I'm a mighty man of valor. And you know what? One of the things God said about King David, he said, he's a man after my own heart, my own likeness. What would happen if I begin to say, Lord, I'm drawing near to you today. And I'm going to start saying about, you, to, about myself what you say about me. I'm a mighty man of valor. I'm a man after your own heart and your own likeness. And some of you would say, I can't do that. Why not? Because if you're a child of God, if Jesus is Lord, you can start saying those things. So here's this guy named Jabez. You're going to cause pain. But he didn't believe that. Verse 10. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. Now, I want you to think about something here. Jabez called on the God of Israel. Jabez asked for God to intervene. Jabez gave God permission to move into his life. See, it's the same with me and you. God welcomes our prayers. God welcomes us to invite, that, that we invite him into our lives. Where I get up in the morning and I say, good morning, Father God. I, I welcome your mercy and your grace. And he loves that. He wants to bless us. And so right here, he says, I'm going to call on the God of Israel. And he says five little nuggets in here. And the first one, he says, oh, that you would bless me indeed. That you would bless me indeed. A, a direct request to God. And he's saying, Lord, I want you to bless me indeed. I want you to begin to define my life. One translation literally says, he said, God, I ask you to bless me a lot. Now, if I said that about many of you in here today, God wants to bless you a lot. Some of you would argue with me. You'd say, oh, no, no, no. God doesn't want to bless me a lot. And oftentimes we have this mindset, stuff like this. God, God wants to bless Tommy. And, and God, God wants to bless Marley, Marla and, and Gary and Bob. But God wouldn't bless me. I don't feel like I'm a candidate for God to bless me. Psalm 512 said, God blesses his righteous and his favor surrounds us like a shield. So if this man whose name was you're going to cause pain, ask God to bless him, what happens to me and you when we just say, Father God, I welcome your blessings. The reason many times most of us don't want or believe God will bless us is because our behaviors in life, we feel like they disqualify us. We think because of our experiences in life, God would never bless us. We started the church, you know, many years ago, 16 years old now. We'd been going a little over a year or so, and we were way out there on, on um, Q at Briarcroft Court and I, I remember one Sunday, this, this young mother came in, and she was a very pretty woman, very young. And she had three kids with her. We greeted her and told her, man, you're so welcome here. And she comes back the next week, and she comes back the next week, and she comes back four weeks in a row. And every time she comes back, she comes back with more kids, and man, just brings them to get turned on to Jesus. And so I, I said to her one day, I said, how did you find out about us? And she said, the Lord showed me. I said, what do you mean the Lord showed you? And she said, I saw your picture in the phone book. And she said, the Lord said, go right there. 
go right there to that church. And she said, that's why I'm here. And she said, God told me that this church would love me. And so, man, I'm looking, and it it really blessed me. And so one day I, I made a huge, huge mistake. I wanted to take her children or her out to eat, and I said, where do you want to go? That was my mistake, because she said, we want to go to Chuck E. Cheese. And Pastor said, oh, no, not Chuck E. Cheese, no. So we go, and here I'm, I'm thinking in my life, I, I'm going to be able to encourage her and bless her, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and we sit down, and I said, tell me, tell me about your life. She said, I, I came from a, a home where there was a lot of screaming and yelling and a lot of alcohol, and she said, I just, my mom and dad fought constantly. She said, as an eighth grader, I'm coming home from school one day, and she said, I get off the bus, and I look halfway down the street, and there's police cars everywhere. And she said, I start walking home, and the closer I get, she said, I realize that's my house. And so she said, I get there, and I look, and my brother's sitting out front on the curb, and she said, he, he's, he's bawling uncontrollably, uncontrollably. And she said, what's the matter? And he looked at her and said, Daddy blew Mama's head off with a shotgun. And then turned and blew his head off. And she said, my life changed crazy then. And she said, I, I went and lived with a relative and my uncle began to sexually abuse me. She said, I moved in with my best friend. Her father began to sexually abuse me. She gets married. He beats her physically. She gets married again. And so she begins to tell me about her life. And I'm sitting there looking and thinking, I don't know how you're alive. I, I don't know how you would even want to, to serve God through all you've been through. And so she keeps coming to church. And she starts hearing the things of God about who God says she is. And so one day I looked at her and I said, what do you dream about in life? And she makes a comment, it doesn't matter. My dreams won't ever come true. And I said, I believe God wants to bless you. And her exact words was, no, he would bless you, but he would never bless me. And I said, I believe God wants to bless you. I said, we're just going to begin to pray that God will do a miracle in you and that your life is worth things. So I've kept track of her. She lives in Florida now. Periodically, I'll get a phone call and I'll get a letter. I have letters from her on my desk that I've never let go. But one of her dreams was to graduate from high school. She did it. She had a dream to go to college and get a degree. She did it. But it took the word of God convincing her that God wants to bless you. And it's like many of us in this room. We have scars of life on us. We have the thought God would never do that to me. And so even in my own life, I I, I rewind to 50 years ago. And, and my brother was very young at the time, and he had, he had cancer right here on his, on his left clavicle. 
um, they removed a tumor the size of a tennis ball. I didn't know until I was about 20 years that when that took place with him, the doctors told my parents he'll never live out of his teenage years. So I remember as a young boy, people would come to the house, but because of the situation my brother was in, they never came to see me. They came to see him. And I remember him bringing him incredible toys and People would say, we didn't bring this to you. We brought this to him. And so you begin to look at life and you think, do, do I even matter? Do, do I even exist to a degree? And again, I don't fault my parents because if I would have been told that, that would have been the same thing I would have done. I would have made those years of his life incredible. So what happened before long, I begin to think in that way. God, God would bless my brother, but he wouldn't bless me. God wants to do this for other but he wouldn't want to do that for me. But then when I started reading the Bible and I began to realize, Jesus died for every one of us. He died for every one of us. And when Jesus wants to bless Jabez, he wants to bless you and he wants to bless me. And I don't want to convince you tonight. I want the Holy Spirit to convince you to say, God wants to bless you. So the first thing he says is, Lord, would you bless me indeed? The second thing he says, would you enlarge my territory? Would you enlarge my influence? Would you enlarge my opportunities? And some of you would say, I don't think God would want to do that for me. Why not? God wants to use every one of us as his microphone on earth. So he said, Lord, would you bless me indeed? Would you enlarge my territory? And that your hand be upon me. And when you see when he said his hand be upon him, he was saying, Lord, I, I want you to navigate me through life. I give you permission that you're the compass of my life, that you lead me and guide me, that your hand be upon me. The next one he said was, you keep me from evil. You keep me from the evil one. I, I don't want to live in evil. I don't want to live in habitual bad. And the last thing he said is that I cause no pain or no trouble. And as I begin to read that last one, many times because of the pain we've caused in life, whether to ourselves or to our parents, we think that eliminates us from God ever blessing us or God ever using us. I used to think that way. Because of all the pain I caused in my own life to my mom and dad, to my wife, I thought God would never use me. But you know what I've seen God do? He still takes messes and makes miracles. He still breaks every chain. Through the name of Jesus. And not with great honor today do I tell you these things. But I've seen God change. I've seen God break the chains of sin in my life. I've seen God break the chains of, of alcohol in my life. That had such a stronghold on me. I've seen God break generational curses in my life. And, and it's not because I'm any better than anybody else. But I started believing the Bible. And I believe I, I can do what God says I can do. I can be what God says I can be. And I can have what God says I can have. But I played a role in it. 
And in, in Romans 12, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to the Word of God. That I begin to think in line like the Word of God. And when the Bible says you're a mighty man of valor, you know what? I'm a mighty man of valor. If someone asked me, do you think you're a mighty man of valor? I'd say, I'm a mighty man of valor. You know why? Because God said so. And so I begin to believe those things just like God wants every one of us in here today to do. To change our courses. And so as they sang the song that we break every chain through the Lord Jesus, has there been words that were spoken over you that you've allowed them to connect to your heart and they've gripped you? I can't do that. Jesus said you can. Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Are there things in your life that you feel like have disqualified? You see, again, when we live that way, we're not allowing Jesus to be the Lord of their life. We think the reason we're going to get blessed is because we're so good. That's not the truth. None of us are good. Only God is good. But God says, I'm going to mercy you and I'm going to grace you and I'm going to touch you. There in, in uh, Luke 10, verse 17, the, the uh, 70 disciples returned in their exact words. They said, Lord Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And the Lord said in Luke 10, 19, he said, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. In Mark 16, 15, he charged us to preach the gospel to every creature. And he said, you lay hands on the sick in my name and they'll be healed. You cast out devils in my name and they got to go. So again, he's authorized us to use his name. Would you stand up here with me tonight? I believe God's wanting to do some things in here. Just as far as to breaking some chains and change direction. Change the, the courses of life. I, I want to change my legacy, Lord, through you. And again, here right here, I, I challenge you to begin to step out and start saying about yourself what God says. And you start saying about your children, you're smart. You can do that. You can be successful. You can be prosperous. Because God said so. And so, so much of this in me and you life, we got to change our vocabulary. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I want to speak life. Speak life over you. Speak life over your kids. Speak life over your marriage. Speak those things. And I mean just let it rip. Just start speaking and walk the house and start saying about yourself what God says. I thank you today, Father God, that I've been justified by the blood of Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I thank you today, Lord, that I'm sanctified by the blood of Jesus, that he has set me apart. I thank you today, Lord, that I'm the redeemed of the Lord. And you said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I say so. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. I walk in divine life, divine health, divine blessings. And I tell you, begin to speak that over your children. Speak that. When they get out of the car, you say, you're redeemed in the name of Jesus. And it just begins to build faith up. And you walk and you talk and you live and you breathe it. And you say, man, my God is mighty. My God is mighty. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.